0: Anybody excited to be here today, though? Yeah. Let's go! So, so excited to be here with you all. And, um, man, I'm, I'm going to be here often. So just get used to it. Yeah, I've just, you know, Preston's my twin brother, and I have the opportunity to come out here and help to establish some pillars that will leave a legacy for generations to come so um i'm in a preaching mood tonight so sound man turn me up because my turn up is like real hype right now so i'm um, grateful to be here especially after easter right um a week after easter and so i, I want to take you and invite you to a passage of scripture uh and give you the burden that i feel like god's given me Uh, for this message. So Acts chapter number one, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Acts chapter number one. I want to read uh, 11 verses in your hearing, then we'll pray and I'll be off to the races. Uh, The book of Acts chapter number one, reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. If you don't have it uh, in your book or on your tablet phone, it'll be on the screens as well. Verse number one, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and store our kingdom? And he replied, The father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching him. And they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. It's just good stuff right there. Uh, My assignment today is to teach from the subject, until we can see him, be him. Until we see him, be him. Bow your heads, let's pray, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to be him. Amen. (laughs) I pray quick. He got up. He got up and he stayed up. He's still up and he's coming back again. It's an amazing thing to know. It's an amazing thing to have a confidence in. The apostles knew this. They are with Jesus. The passage that I just read you is Jesus's final instructions to his apostles before he unleashes them into the earth to do what he had called them to do. He gathered with them one final time after getting up from the grave with all power in his hand. He walks around for like a month and a half to show multiple people that he's really alive. And after convincing multiple people that he's really alive, he has final instructions for his apostles. Stay where you are. You need to stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Because if you don't get the person I've been using to do everything I've done on earth in you, you will never do anything that you think you can do. I don't care how much you think you love Jesus. I don't care how much fidelity you think you have to him. Without the Holy Spirit being on the inside of you, you will be as cowardly as the disciples were prior to the Holy Spirit coming in them. We ain't that good, fam. None of us are as good as we think we are. Without the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we can't even boldly declare that he is alive, that he is Lord. Because without the person that got him up telling you he got up, what you talking about? So he says, you have to stay in Jerusalem. And I'm going to send the comforter that I promised. I have been with you, but he will be in you. And they're like, okay, that's good. Are you going to tell us right now? Like, are you ready to establish your kingdom on earth? And are are you ready to have that type of takeover? And he goes, that's not for you to know. (laughs) You're asking questions only my dad knows. And it's not for you to know. This should be a you hoo to all the end time people out there. You can count as many blood moons as you want. You will not be able to triangulate stars and read the book of Revelation and come up with a date of when he's coming back. As a matter of fact, when you do come up with a date, that guarantees that won't be the date that he comes back. Because do you honestly think God going to let you be right? Just trying to. So he says, that's not for you to know. But you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria into the uttermost parts of the earth. Do you understand? We are a part of that proclamation. Some 2000 years later, we are a part of that move happening that long ago. We actually fulfill. All the other parts of the earth. Jerusalem, check. Judea, check. Samaria, check. Scottsdale, check. Texas, check. Kansas, check. Cambodia, check. Malaysia, check. Until the whole world knows that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. I told y'all I'm preachy, okay? I told y'all I'm preachy today. So, So this is an amazing thing. They have the commission. They're going to be empowered. And then something happens. That we don't talk enough about. As believers in Jesus, and I believe the reason why we don't talk about it is because our narrative is already absolutely nauseating to people that don't believe. He's born of a virgin. Without the assistance of a man, a girl gets pregnant holding God's baby. (laughs) So already a pink elephant deal. I understand why atheists don't like us. But the Holy Spirit can give a revelation to them, too. So I absolutely get it. It is improbable that our faith starts with God coming into the womb of a virgin. I know it's absolutely improbable that he did all these miracles. You can't believe it. And then he dies, is in a tomb for three days, and gets up without the assistance of a man's help without any doctors the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in us that spirit went and got that man out of the grave yep so you mean to tell me this dude got into a womb yep did miracles on earth yep and then got out of a tomb yep But that ain't all. He did something else that's just as improbable as all the stuff you just said. What had happened was, since you already mad at the whole narrative, I might as well give you the greatest crescendo of all time. After he finished talking to his apostles. A cloud came out of nowhere. Your boy stepped into the cloud and literally went up. Not like Batman. He didn't like throw down like a ball and smoke disappeared. And when it was, when it dissipated, they were like, whoa, dude, he just disappeared. Bro, we better get to Jerusalem. No, scripture says a cloud came after he finished talking like an Uber. <laughs> and your boy stepped into the cloud and just, he just, you do just went up. Have you ever let go of a balloon? <laughs> you ever, ever had like a red balloon or a little shiny metallic balloon, and you let it go, and, and you like challenge yourself to like, I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to take my eyes off of it. I'm going to watch it go all the way. And, and you to the point you're straining to still try to see. This is what they're doing and they're staring so long that they don't even notice two white robed men have appeared, they don't even notice that they go from 12 to 14. (laughs) They have no idea What's going on around them? Because their heads, at this point, are literally stuck in the clouds. And I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that some of us as believers have no idea what's going on around us because our head is stuck in the clouds. We want them back so bad that we haven't even checked our surroundings to notice who has shown up for us to reach out to. We've been looking up so long that we've stopped looking out. And we've been in this posture, especially the last three years. There's been enough that go on. In the last three years, pick your poison politically, racially, economically, scientifically, educationally, maritally. Pick your poison. There's been so much that has gone on in the last 36 months that I completely understand why we would look up into heaven and say, come back. Please, sir, will you please get on your horsey? And come back now. Please blow the trumpets. Don't know if you've noticed what's going on down here. Come back. I can understand the sentiment of that cry. But it's a disrespectful request. In the face of the Holy Spirit. Who was sent to help us navigate the world we live in. Our cry shouldn't be come back. It should be come down. Holy Spirit, come down. I need you for Monday. I need you for Tuesday. I need you for Wednesday. Until he comes back. We ask the Holy Spirit to come down. Because we need him now. The disciples are stuck. And these two white robe angels come out of nowhere to snap them out of it. Hey. Oh. When did you get here? Well, oh, you would never know with your head. He said, the same Jesus that just went up from here will return right here. I know that, I, that's probably going to bust some American bubbles right there. He ain't going to come back here. I just, I just want you all to know he's a Jewish dude. So he's You do know that when you ask him to come back, he won't be here. He was born a Jew. He lived as a Jew. He died as a Jew, rose as a Jew. He's a Jew right now he's actually gonna come back a Jew. And he'll probably wanna be called by his proper name, which is Yeshua, but he, he, he's gonna let G, he'll let Jesus pass, but he is Yeshua, the Messiah. I just wanted to, okay, because sometimes we as Gentiles, we forget we're the branch that got engrafted in and we're not actually a part of the root of the tree. I'm just saying just trying to give the Israelites their Bible back because it's actually theirs. Okay, so you can't stand here. The strongest implication from those two white-robed men, those angels, is, hey, y'all can't stand here until he comes back. So until you can see him, go be him. He, he put him into you so you could put him into them. The call is not to go make new members. Matthew 28 is not a great commission for membership. It's a great commission for discipleship. Go make disciples of the Lord Jesus. Make them in black, make them in white, make them in Italian, make them in Hispanic, make them in Philippines, make everybody a disciple of Jesus Christ. So you think I'd be tired after three, but I'm actually turned up. So 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 we have to be Him. That seems a little daunting, right? Like, oh man, I can't be. Him, you can. He told you you could. That's why he gave you the Holy Spirit, to remind you of everything that he said and to empower you to do exactly what he's done. So I want to give you two messages to this, uh, uh, two messages. I want to give you two points to this message uh, that I thought was going to be three. I'll tell you why later. Uh, but point number one, please write this down. If we're going to be him, we have to think like if you're going to be like him, you got to think like him. This is one of the things that I loved about the disciples. They were so uh, uh, inquisitive and they were so curious. Every time they were with Jesus, they would see him teach publicly. And then privately, they were like, OK, why did you say that? And why did you use that parable? And why are you doing like this? And why are you doing like that? And it seemed like it should have bothered him more. It should have bothered Jesus more than it did. But, but, but I think it was that curiosity that gave them his mindset. If I'm going to be like him, I have to think like him. Uh, In Philippians chapter number two, verses three through five, it says this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Now, uh, I must confess that Uh, Even though I read from NLT, uh, the first 30 years of my life was King James Version. Uh, When I gave my life to Jesus, January 14th of 1996, uh, my father gave me a Thompson Chain reference King James Bible, and uh, that's all I read uh, for pretty much a decade. And then I met Preston in 2008, and he was reading the NLT, and he was like, bro, you should check out this translation, and this is what you should probably be teaching from. And I was like... I'm just gonna be honest. I was like, don't nobody want that weak version of the Bible. You know what I'm saying? I'm straight up King James. Cause you know, people are like really gangster about their translations. You know, all the ESV people are like with their coffee and their beards, like, Ugh. I have the most theologically accurate depiction of what's going on here. And you know, all the message people are just like, yay. And then <laughs> it's so fun. Right. And all all the Amplified people talk too much. Um, (laughs) Hurry up already. Right. So I know everybody's like in a tribe with their with their uh, versions. But because I was a young adult pastor and uh, I was trying to uh, get 20 year olds and 25 year olds to fall in love with their Bible. I saw the wisdom in it is in it. And so I came to love and adore Uh, NLT it's the one I've primarily been with since 2008 and there's still some verses that just hit different in the King James right I like you NLT yay you but some of them verses mm -mm, I'd be like no I need Jimmy I need Jimmy today um I need the King's speech on this one because it ain't hitting right and so that last verse, verse number five, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Yay, you y'all tried NLT, I like it, but it don't hit the same. And so, so, so indulge me for a moment, King James Version, so much better to me. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That that just resonates with me a little bit more because it puts to the forefront, I must have the mind of Christ, not just the attitude, the mind, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. I need to be thinking like Jesus. If I'm thinking like Jesus, my thoughts are going to be antithetical to those of the world not just countercultural, completely antithetical to those of the world. Because in the kingdom, everything is upside down. So the way up is actually down. The way in is actually out. The way to live is to actually die. That's a whole remapping and rewiring of your brain. When you've been ambitious and now he says, let it go when the aggression that you had is something that was celebrated, and now, now that you're walking with Jesus, his mindset is be humble. When you would take over a room, he's now telling you to defer to others in the room. To think like him is to be like him. And if it can start in your thoughts, it will become the way you behave. Which brings me to point number two. Please write this down. Act like him. To be like him, we must think like him. And to be like him, we must act like him. Acts chapter number 10, verse number 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Now, this verse resonates with me deeply because uh, I was born and raised uh, in very, very expressive Pentecostal churches. And in those expressive Pentecostal churches, there seemed to be um, a, a, an affixy; they, they were just fixated on um, demons. Right. Like everything was a demon. And if it wasn't demon, they made it a demon. And so you had you had things being called demons that I just thought was like a preference. And so people were preaching against like, you know, short dressed demons. And, and I'm like, I didn't know demons were seamstresses. And I'm a literalist. So please forgive me. Um, but I would hear sermons and, and it would be like, don't look at the one eyed demon. And that was television. And, and so I'm like, that's a one eyed demon. I just wanna watch G.I. Joe, like I don't, man, the demons in Duke, I didn't know, I didn't know. So what I realized is that that if you only become infatuated with one part or one aspect of Jesus's life in ministry, then you can forget the real gold and the richness of what he really came to do. Scripture says in Acts chapter number 10, verse number 38, that we know that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and had power. Then it says he went around doing good and healing all those that were oppressed by demons. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of big on order and I and, 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 and like sequence. And it says the doing good part actually came before the healing people of demons. And so I began to focus more on he did good. He did a lot of good. And he did some miraculous things. And those things were still good. All of the good he was doing was to soften people's heart, to open them up to the message that he wanted to give them. He's just acting like his dad, because his dad is good. As a matter of fact, the stuff that his dad created is good, because his daddy actually said it was good. May I remind you of Genesis chapter number one, and the story of creation, at the end of day one, God looked it over and said it was, Day two, he said it was. Good. Three. Good. Four, good. Five. Good. Six. Seven. Good. He was resting. He didn't say nothing to. <laughs> y'all got an 82 percent on that quiz. Man, y'all almost had it. So <laughs> he, he went around doing good. May I remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus' first miracle was not opening up blind eyes. It was not popping open deaf ears. It was not the healing of leprous skin. It was not the raising of dead children. It was not the healing of sicknesses and diseases. Do you know what Jesus' very first miracle was? It was him casually strolling into a wedding. (laughs) And his mama saying, you need to do something here. And his response would have got me slapped. I would have woke up in the ICU if I ever said to Maxine Ross what Jesus said to his mama. It would not have boded well for me. She said, you need to do something here. And he said, woman, listen, I want you to be like Jesus, boys and girls, but here's what you should not do to your mama. (laughs) baby I need you to go clean your room woman (laughs) it is not yet my time to clean my room I'll go when my father in heaven says to. you might die, do not do do that do not do that, I don't know what kind of mama is in here but do not do that Jesus was just built different there's just some things I can't do He told them to take some water pots that were used for the washing of people's feet and said, fill those out with water and go pour them out. Imagine the people that were actually doing this. What? Here's the thing that's miraculous about what came out of those vessels. These are people that had already drank really good wine. And after that was all gone, they started to drink all the eh wine. So, the palate should have already been like completely glazed over to not even be able to determine or distinguish how good this next batch was. That wine was so good, ladies and gentlemen, that the first sip was, wow, wow, wow. This is better than everything we've had, and you saved the best for last. Do you know what we call that? Good. That's just a nice dude. Like, like when we're talking about Jesus do, doing good, I would love to see. In my lifetime, through me, I would love to go up to somebody that's in a wheelchair. And if I pray for them, they popped out of the wheelchair. But if not. I'm gonna give them a hug in the wheelchair. Because that's just good. I would love to raise somebody from the dead. That would be amazing, and scary, but it would be amazing. <laughs> but if I can't, maybe I can pay for the funeral arrangements because that's just good. I would love to open up blinded eyes, but if not, maybe I could just buy your groceries because it's just good. He went around doing good and healing those that were oppressed by demons. Act like him. Our mandate is to act like him. So I'm reading this and the Holy Spirit's like, um... I really need you to focus on this verse. And I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, as I'm putting the sermon together, okay, point number one is to think like him. And point number two is to act like him. So obviously, point number three must be to talk like him. And I go to write it down and the Holy Spirit's like, "No, Sir? No? Por qué? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, and I am like, do you not want us? So talk like him? He's like, no, 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 that's not the point. He said, Tim, actions speak louder than words. This is a two-point sermon, not three, because actions speak louder than words. He said, Tim, what is the name of the book you're reading? I said, no, you're not going to clown me like this, sir. It's Acts. Yeah, it's not the talks, it's the acts. And the full title of the the book is the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostle, through the apostles, because it is his supernatural in men and women's natural that makes them supernatural. Paul is no better than you and I. Peter is no better than you and I. None of them are better than you and I. They just have the Holy Spirit and we have access to the same. It is the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles, not the talks of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. Actions speak louder than words. John 3 16 does not say for God so loved the world that he blew a kiss and said, I love you. Oh, man, I know y'all haven't been the same since Adam and Eve fell. You're broken, you little dust people, man. You're in my thoughts and prayers. Hope it works out for you down there. No, it was not talk. It was love in action. For God so loved that he did something. He acted On that love, he gave not something, someone. So let me give you Bible for it. First Corinthians chapter number four, verse number 20 says this. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. In the hood, we would say it this way, don't just talk about it, be about it. We do have to do that just to make sure. That's the thug test of the recipient. When you flinch, if they flinch, you like, yeah, fool, you ain't ready. If you do like that and they like this, you like, oh, you about that life, you about. That. Listen, I don't want to be around people that talk about it. I want to be around people that can be about it. We have a mandate. He got up. Why did he get up? Not for us to stand there looking for him to come back. It was to literally walk around with the same power he had to do in other people's lives what has been done in and through ours. Because until you can see him. We are mandated to go be him. And that's love in action. That's putting love in motion. That's you praying and saying, God, who around me needs to see you show up? And whatever measure that is, you have my permission to use me to touch them. For some of us, it might be the neighbor that lives across the street and you're like, Lord, just please do something with them because they're crazy. And the Lord's like, I desperately want to through you. So walk across the street, knock on the door and introduce them to me through you. You do understand that you can reach people I can't reach? Some of you are in this room are like real, like chill, mellow, quiet people. I can't reach your people because I'm loud I'm not the one for the assignment, you are. If you're quiet, go get all the quiet people. Hey. <laughs> just felt like the Lord put you on my heart. I don't know if this resonates with you or not, but I just feel like God's telling me to tell you to let it go. And they receive quietly I'm not going to reach that person. I'm going to scare that person. Because I'm going to be like, hey, you, come here. I feel like the Lord told me to tell you something. And they're going to be like, <laughs> So he wants to win people through your personality. But if you're not thinking like him and acting like him, you can't be him to them. This is, this is a, this is a message that I hope agitates you. Get your head out of the clouds. We have work to do. We have work to do. We are not going to erect pillars in this community looking up. We can only establish pillars looking out. And being available to say, God, you can use me and work through me, Holy Spirit, to reach who you want to reach the way that you want to reach him. I know you're coming back. You said it in your word. You have never lied. You are the truth personified. But until you do, I'm looking out. And I'm asking God, who is my assignment for today? Is it just me swiping my card To pay for the latte behind me? Is it me at the grocery store getting a nudge from the Holy Spirit to pay for the groceries to check out counters over? I want to be doing good and occupying until He comes. So just move your head from there to here and then just look around because I believe someone's appeared next to you that desperately needs to talk to you and you can't see them until you stop staring into heaven. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? My my hope and my prayer always is that as I'm talking, he's speaking. Because when he speaks, it is just, it's the greatest gift we can have. But as we take this moment to still our minds and our hearts? What is he saying to you? For some of us in this room, this message is confirmation. For some of us in this room, this message is conviction. Whether it's confirmation or conviction, it is an opportunity for us to respond. So in this moment of reflection, I pray to our dad, God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters. I thank you for the reminder that you've given us in scripture, that Jesus got up from a grave with all power in his hand, ascended into heaven. He is sitting at your right hand making intercession for us daily. In this moment, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us about how you would have us to be him until such time that we see him, And whether that is through ministry or business or family or education, arts and entertainment, media, government, however you choose to use us, let us be the reflection on earth of our soon coming King in heaven. May everything we do, both good and miraculous, not be for our credit, but all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. Bye.